I know that we've walked in and our customers have been in the hot tub, so people will come out of the hot tub one at a time, uh, have a towel wrapped around them, put on some put on some ski socks to get fit, go back into the hot tub. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Ahoy, Wintry Mix 35, recording today from the studios of Vermont Public Radio in Colchester. I'm your guy who doesn't ski enough anymore, Alex Kaufman. Season 3 is well underway. Be sure to look back at both our Voting Outdoors and Escutney Trails episodes 33 and 34, respectively. Today on the program, we're phoning it in from Park City, Utah. The process of renting skis is one I'm sure the audience is familiar with. You get in line, sometimes a very long line. Fill out a form with three sheets of layered pink, yellow, and white paper. Then you select your skier type, which will invariably lead to binding DIN settings that are allergic to your ski boots. You do all this while you'd rather be skiing, or the night before, instead of being out on the town. Our guest today decided he could improve on that transaction, bringing the ski renting process to your hotel or ski house. Bryn Carey is the CEO and founder of Ski Butlers which has expanded into operations at 35 North American ski resorts since 2004, while, by all accounts, creating an enviable staff culture in an industry with otherwise high churn rates. Our discussion with Bryn Carey about ski rentals and disrupting a business model is coming right up, right after the season three shouts. Stay with us. Season three of Wintry Mix is supported by. All right, get on a plane, fly to Salt Lake City, and devour the powder at Snowbird in Little Cottonwood Canyon. With 500 inches average annual snowfall, seven minute tram rides to the summit, and over 3,000 vertical feet, this will make your season. Check out fourth night free slope side lodging options or visit with your mountain collective pass. Snowbird.com is step one. Step two is follow Snowbird on social to stay stoked until you arrive. Over 250 ski areas use Liftopia to reach millions of skiers and riders planning their trips. But what you might not know is that Liftopia's cloud store is also the most widely used e-commerce ticketing platform for ski areas own websites with over 100 North American ski areas using the platform. Your team, your strategy, your customers partnered with the best e-commerce team and technology in the industry. Visit liftopia.com and click platform to learn more or email partners at liftopia.com to schedule a call today. World Cup Supply has served the ski resort, race, and event industry since 1991. Visit worldcupsupply.com to see the complete selection of race gates, safety, and crowd control fencing, on-hill tools, poles, nets, you name it. If you are running a ski resort, an event, or an event at a ski resort, then trust World Cup Supply for the gear that ensures safety and success. Kiss my ass. Not on this side, not on that side, but right in the middle. (laughs) 
Welcome back. Wintry Mix 35. I'm Alex Kaufman. We have on the horn from Park City, Utah, Bryn Carey, CEO and founder of Ski Butlers. Bryn, where are you actually right now physically? Yeah, no, I'm in, uh, I'm in our, our home office, which uh, is where we run our locations out of here in Park City. And right next door is also our Park City operations. And you guys are located how close to the slopes? Oh, we are under a mile. It's quick. I don't know the exact distance, but uh, we can definitely take some uh, lunch break ski ski breaks, which is pretty key. So you're in Park City, an eventful last couple of years there in regards to some of the ownership structures of some of the ski areas surrounding you. Have things uh, chilled out a bit since then? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a little bit of a, a panic, if you will, um, if the ski resort Park City was even going to be open. And then with Vail taking over, I think there is some uncertainty. But uh, now that Vail has come in and invested their $50 million, um, I think people are pretty pretty excited with what's happening in town and Deer Valley's purchased Solitude. Um, yeah, so things, it seems like things have uh, settled into a groove. $50 million. I wish I had that kind of change kicking around. So Ski Butlers, <laughs> um, give me the, uh, the elevator pitch. Some, you're stuck somewhere with somebody. you got a couple minutes to explain to them Ski Butlers. Go for it. Instead of flying across the country going into a hot, crowded uh, ski rental shop and waiting in line with your kids screaming, uh, not sure which skis you're going to get or if you're going to like the boots. Um, instead, have ski butlers uh, reserved prior to coming on your vacation, and we will deliver to your accommodations and fit you in the comfort of your living room, your condo, your, ho- your hotel, uh, your second home, whatever it might be. And you'll be ready to hit the slopes with uh, with no stress the next day. It's uh, perfect for families, perfect for anyone. But um, I think some of the families definitely see some of the biggest benefits um, if they have a bunch of kids. What's a busy day for you? So you guys are not just in Park City; you're all over the uh, all over North America now. Do you happen to know like what is the most amount of skis you've ever rented on a given day? <laughs> it's in the thousands. So these are almost all, or are they all out west uh, as far as the options of, of using ski butlers? Are there any East Coast resorts that, that have that? Uh, we, do, we are not located on the East Coast yet. We don't necessarily have plans to be, but you never know. Um, so our, our most eastern resort, if you will, is in Breckenridge, Colorado. And our most western resort is uh, Whistler and Blackcomb in Canada. But you caught the ski bug back east, right? You're one of the, the, um, the transplants, correct? I'm I'm one of the transplants uh, originally from Sugarloaf near Sugarloaf, Maine. Uh, grew up in the nice cold, cold winters, but a great mountain Sugarloaf. And then we moved out west, and uh, I really began to appreciate uh, how amazing the skiing is out here. And it's not just myself; it's a lot of our team members. Um, we've actually I don't know the exact percentage, but we have a pretty big percentage of team members that are all from back east. So a lot of a lot of hard workers. A lot of Boston sports fans. <laughs> When's the last time you rented skis? You know, I actually rented, I went to Europe last winter to go. My brother uh, coaches for the U.S. ski team. Uh, we went to Vengen, Switzerland, and I actually, um, I rented skis when I went there. And, um, you know, I have to say the experience over there was pretty good, but it was also very mellow. There wasn't much going on, so there there were no lines to deal with. It would have been pretty cool, though, to arrive in some foreign land and have someone come to your door and, and fit you in the comfort of your accommodations and give you some inside tips of where to go skiing and where to eat and so forth. 
So when, when did the idea actually hit you? Did someone kind of bring it to you and you took it where you've taken it today? Or were you struggling with renting skis somewhere in 2003 and it was birthed there? How did, how did it come to you? Well, you know, I don't know that I had ever actually rented skis prior to starting Ski Butlers. Um, but I, I was always an entrepreneur. And I had a summer business called Park City Seal Coat. And we seal coat asphalt driveway, driveways and parking lots. And I just didn't have the passion for asphalt. I enjoyed running the business, but I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term play. And so I was graduating from uh, the University of New Hampshire, and I had about a month to go. And I, I actually did a job interview for someone that was going to bring in some high-end custom boots from Europe and custom-fit people into England. I forget the name of the company or if it ever made it. But I got thinking, you know, hey, I don't want to, well, you know, what can I do and be my own boss? Through hearing about the rental experiences and seeing it, you know, I, I had seen the rental lines. Uh, my dad being a part of the ski industry, um, the idea kind of clicked and said, hey, if we deliver ski rentals and we make it easy, I think we'll have some customers. And I thought about it for about five minutes and I just said, just like Nike, let's do it. Just do it. <laughs> Describe year one for me. You're operating from where? You're serving how many customers? Um, I assume some un- you know a handful of unhappy ones that you then had to make happy. You know, what happened in year one? Year one exceeded all my expectations. We had all brand new equipment, so all of our first deliveries it was it was like Christmas for our customers, right? We're just brand new equipment pulling the. Uh, the, the tissue out of the toes of the ski boot. <laughs> um, but what we noticed was people absolutely loved it. I'm sure there are some customers here and there that something didn't go right, but we always fixed it. It was never a lingering issue. Uh, and people absolutely loved it. And by March, I was we were sold out of everything we had. Like We didn't order enough equipment to fulfill demand. Um, we didn't have a great inventory system then. It was sticky notes on the skis, so... There's definitely some some tight moments of low inventory, but it was such a success that we said, hey, we need to expand into other locations. And when I started Ski Butlers, it wasn't, let's go out and be in all these Western ski resorts. It was, let's just see if we can do it here in Park City. And so the first, when I look back at the first year, I just think of success. What does the process of delivery entail? I mean, I've worked in I think four different ski rental shops personally, um, two in Vermont, two in Colorado. People walk in, they take a piece of paper, they fill it out, they select their skier type, their boot size, sole length, yada, yada, yada. Um, they most of the time don't really know what they want. Uh, how do you get through that process from A to B that is normally done, you know, face to face in a shop? Yeah, so there, there's pretty much two ways. Either a customer will call us. Um, and what we found is a lot of customers will call us and ask the basic questions. You know, what if my boots don't fit on delivery? What if something breaks uh, during the ski rental and so forth? And then most of them actually go back and reserve online. We have a really easy reservation system. So just as you would walk into a ski rental shop and fill out that form, uh, you basically do that prior to your visit. And because we have all that information, uh, we're then able to pack all the necessary sizes and have it all ready to go. So if you said, you know what, we want delivery from 7 to 8 a.m. on December 26th, we are going to be there at 7, if not slightly early, and we're just going to fit you because we've already done the paperwork. Folks are traveling, and their you know their plans are always changing, so we have to be flexible. So if someone says a 5 o'clock delivery and their plane's delayed, 
uh, we're always switching them to seven or eight, whatever makes sense. So that whole process that you normally have to do once you get to your destination, you've already done 90% of it. We just have to fit your boots, fit your bindings, and you're good to go. What's the latest you've ever done a delivery that you're aware of, like at night? Maybe back to your uh, your question about the first year. We used to deliver from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. on the hour. Uh, we now deliver 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And the reason <laughs> the the reason we change is that those 10 p.m.s were always the late flights of the day, and they were always getting pushed back. And most people would would cancel and reschedule for the morning. They just they're like, we don't even want to deal with it. We're so tired. But we have done deliveries at, I, I believe, midnight's probably our latest fitting. So every, everyone's a little tired at that point. But the good thing is the customers didn't have to worry about the ski rentals in the morning. They could sleep in an extra hour and still hit the slopes by nine. How's your best customer finding you? What's your what's your growth model like when, when someone comes through the door? Say, is it from a friend referral or, or what? 100% referrals. Um, that, is, that is how we've grown. That's how we're going to continue to grow. And it all comes back to the customer service. We just, we will do anything to make a customer happy. And I mean, anything. <laughs> okay, so this is this is a nice service. Um, I presume really good equipment, really good attention to detail and customer service. What is the difference in cost, um, ballpark, between, you know, your typical high-performance ski rental you'd walk in and get and a ski butler service? Yeah, well, when people think of delivery, they go, wow, it's, it, it sounds expensive. It must be expensive. And the rule of thumb is that we are cheaper than the resort ski shop. So if you walk up to Deer Valley or you go to Vail or Steamboat, we're usually a little bit cheaper than the resort ski shop. If you want to go to a local mom and pop that's not um, right at the base, we're usually more expensive than them. So we're, right, we're, we're, we're kind of right in the middle. So I've noticed that you, you've grown from Park City, obviously, to uh, all across the West. Uh, what is the process for getting your franchise into a new town? Are you, as CEO and founder, uh, over top of all these, or are you franchising out? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. We're actually expanding um, two new locations this season, um, Sun Valley in Idaho and Big Sky, Montana. The model is I own, I personally own seven locations, and I've uh, franchised five locations. I'm sure some of your customers either want to do some fun things with your staff members or want your staff members to bring them some fun things. What kind of examples you got? Our guys, when they go and do a delivery, we are the first people they see when they come to town normally. And sometimes the only people they really interact with for, you know, 20 minutes to an hour. And so first off, people ask us tons and tons and tons of questions. Where do we eat? Where do we, where, where should we go skiing? Can you deliver this? Can you deliver that? So we're always, we're always kind of put on the spot. You know, th- thinking about some, some fun times on, on, on going on some deliveries, I know that we've walked in and our customers have been in the hot tub, so people will come out of the hot tub one at a time, uh, have a towel wrapped around them, put on, some, put on some ski socks to get fit, go back into the hot tub. Sometimes folks have had uh, a little bit to drink, so uh, they're a little... They're 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 very happy to, to see our team members. We've had kids throwing tantrums, you know. And I, I even look back to our very very first delivery, where we had no idea um, what we were doing. We had, we had an idea, but we didn't know exactly how it was going to go. And I can remember us being in this really small hotel room, and we got bags everywhere. And we're climbing all over each other, and we're trying to fit them. And we didn't have a process down, but 
uh, we definitely have processes down now. Yeah, what what are, what are the three things you uh, you learned along the way where you, you thought it was going to work one way and you, you shifted and you're better for it now? Well, we really like to try to uh, to take control of the delivery. And so we like to come in, set expectations, and say, hey, for, first, greet our customers and say, just give us about five minutes to, to get all the boots out of the bag, to get the skis set up, and then we're going to fit you guys one at a time. Otherwise, you know, a family of five, and they're all on top of us, and we, you know, we can't really spend the time making sure that everyone's boots fit really good and the skis are actually the right size and answer anyone's questions. So try to take control in a, in, a, in a good way just to make everything flow a little bit better and spend more time with the customer. You guys are how big now? I mean, how many people are you employing? It'll probably be a north of 150 this year. We have uh, 12 locations serving 37 ski resorts. You know, we probably had 75 team members, which would be about half, you know, just a few years ago. So we've seen some pretty big growth the past few years. 35 resorts. Is, is that where you hope to be, or what's your, what's your big hairy goal? Our, our big goal is to be able to deliver ski rentals to families when they go on vacation. So um, we want to be the worldwide leader in that. So uh, we are just in the West right now, so we'll probably have to expand to more, more locations to reach that dream. So ski rentals is the problem that you solved here with ski butlers. Are there any other common ski transactions um, that you think are well-positioned to be reinvented or disrupted like you have done with uh, rentals? Well, you know, I, I think sometimes when people, when people think of a ski vacation, they think expensive uh, and they think of hassles. And because we're, so fo- we're such a service-oriented company that other services, whether it's um, transportation or concierge services or you know, even lodging, not that we are necessarily going to get into those, but I could see uh, companies that are willing to really invest in the customer on those areas to make the ski experience um, as easy as possible be a really, really good thing for the ski industry. How much of your success do you attribute to an increase in airline baggage fees? Uh, We have to give a lot of credit to the airline baggage fees. Um, the, The airline baggage fees also combined with if you're if you're an eastern skier and you own your own equipment, uh, you might have skis that are really good for these coasts. So, if you're going out west and the snow conditions change, if you can rent really nice new equipment, um, not have to pay for the airline baggage fees, and the equipment matches the snow, it's kind of a it's kind of a no brainer. And what we're seeing is a lot of folks are bringing their own boots, and then just renting the the newest nicest skis on the market. So the airline baggage fees are definitely uh, definitely a factor and have definitely helped us, but it's not the only factor. I, w- I would have to credit um, a lot of the new equipment that's come on the market and the new technology that's, that's so, so good. Well, I am personally intrigued. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and every time I drag them into a store to do anything, one of them or both of them or me included end up screaming. So you have piqued my interest in that I might be able to avoid that next time I take them out west. So thank you, Brent. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks again to Bryn Carey of Ski Butlers for taking the time. Wintry Mix is supported by VPR and their members. 
Our theme music is by Adam Levy, and you can hear more of his music on our website at wintrymixcast.com. Leave a rating or review of the podcast on iTunes if you are the helpful type. I do appreciate it. Follow on social to never miss an episode or to suggest future topics. That's uh, that's it. We're done here. Bye. So I had to do the same thing. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a great question either way, so we can just skip it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I you know what that's a, that's a tough one for me to answer. Yeah, no worries.